Life Audio. Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I'm Rachel, and this podcast is where you'll find the space to clear your head and calm your heart. I'm so glad you're here. Make yourself at home. Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. Today, I am sharing an interview with one of my dear friends, Sharon James. Yay! Yay. Sharon, thank you so much for being with me today. You are welcome. It's a joy to be with you any day. (laughs) I am excited to share so much of what is on my heart regarding your new resource, which I just, I'm so excited about it. I have to put it up right away, praying for (laughs) children from head to toe. And it's, it's a beautiful book, not only on the outside, but on the inside as well. We'll get into it in a minute, but I would just love for you to share what compelled you to write this book. Well, when I I got married to my wonderful husband, Steve, uh, 43 years ago, can you believe that? Um, You know, and just praying over him and uh, wanting to pray God's word over him because a lot of times I didn't know how to pray. And to be honest with you, Rachel, a, a lot of times when I would sit down to pray, my mind would wander. You know, I'd start thinking, oh, I need to call this person. Oh, I'm so sorry, Lord. And I get back to pray. Oh, but I need to do this. And my mind would wander and I'd apologize to the Lord and get back to it. So I needed a way to be able to pray in a way that my mind would not wander. So I came up with, you know, praying for for head to toe from him. And then that was 10 years ago, I wrote a book about that. And then as I had a child, I started doing the same thing, you know, with my child. And and I want to say this too, um, you know, we are praying for 16 different areas. We're praying pretty meth- methodically, but there's nothing really special about this. It's just a pattern of prayer. And, you know, when the disciples said, Jesus teaches how to pray, and he gave them what we have come to call the Lord's Prayer. But I don't think he meant that to be a rote prayer, something that we just repeat constantly. But it's really more, Rachel, a pattern of prayer. So we praise God. We thank God. We ask him for our needs, ask him to forgive us. We praise him again. It's more of a pattern of prayer. So these prayers, praying these 16 areas of our child from the mind and what they think about to the feet and the path they take, it's really a pattern of prayer to help us be focused so that our minds don't wander, and so that we're covering every area of our child's life with scripture. And I know that's something that's passionate in your heart. I love it so much because even even just this past Christmas, I did something for my kids. I made a little plaque for them that had their name on it. Mm -hmm. And then I specifically put in all of the scriptures that I was praying for them. So they have this little plaque with their name and the scriptures I'm praying for them. And it took me a lot of work. It sounds really simple, but it took me quite a while. Of course, I have five kids at home. Plus I have my (laughs) two adult children that live next door. And so to accomplish this project, it took a little bit of work to find the scriptures that I felt like really applied to their lives in the moment. But I left this idea. I, I have started to have those passages memorized for my children. But I love this idea of praying from head to toe because you can be anywhere. You can be anywhere and remember 
how to focus to pray. So I would love for you to just share briefly, um, and it doesn't have to be, you can just pick three if you'd like, but what are these prayers? If I start at the head, you mentioned the mind, what would be next in that list? Okay, so let's go back and we are starting at the top and we're going to be praying for their mind and what the child thinks about, because we know that what a child thinks about is going to determine what they are about and it's going to determine their actions. And I think as parents, we we tend to pray as problems come up and we we pray for actions. But what if we could pray before the action happens? So that's what we're doing by starting at the top and praying for the mind. Proactive. I love that. Proactive Proactive prayer. Proactive. Oh, I love that. Proactive prayer. Um, the second thing, we're going to pray for their eyes, and that's what they look at. And that is so key in our culture today because of social media, what they're seeing. And there's a difference between what they see and what they look at. We can't control what they're seeing. It's going to pop up. It's going to pop up on the school bus. It's going to pop up in the privacy of their own room on their cell phones. But we can pray what they for what they look at, that they can pray to turn away and to not look at ungodly things. Mm-hmm. And again, what they look at, see, it's it's entering their mind through the portal of their eyes. So it's still going up to the mind. And it's the same way with the ears, which is the next, what they listen to and having the courage to to not listen to things that are ungodly, to, to not listen to things that are not truth and to make decisions that I'm only going to listen to. Again, it's not they can't help what they hear, but they can't help what they listen to. So we're going to pray for what comes into their their mind through the portal of, of their ears. And there's scripture for, for all of these, 30 days, 16 areas, scripture, and then the prayer. And, and, and with the ears, we know that what, if they listen to the wrong voices, they're going to make the wrong choices. So we're going to be praying about what they're listening to. Then we go to the mouth, and that's the, the words that they speak. And I want to say here, you know, we know that death and life were in the power of the tongue. But for all of us parents, we can pray about what the kids say. But if they most likely they're going to do what they see us doing, that Mm -hmm. old phrase, monkey see, monkey do, monkey do the same as you. Well, monkey see, monkey do, monkey say the same as you. So whatever they hear us saying, those are the words that are going to be coming out. So as we pray for this area and all the areas, we need to know that our example is so important. So we need to be careful about if we grumble all the time, even uh, kids are probably going to do that. So I just stepped on some toes and mine kind of hurts right now. So let's just go down to the mouth. So then we're going to go eyes, ears, mouth. And these are the words that they're saying. And then after that, we're going to go down to the neck. Now, the neck, um, someone just asked me, how'd you come up with neck with decisions? Well, this isn't in the book, but I'm going to tell you a secret because you're my good friend. Um, remember the movie Big Fat Greek Wedding? Yes. Okay. So the <laughs> daughter's talking with the mom and she's saying the, the husband is the head of the house. He makes all the decisions. Mm-hmm. And then the mom says, yes, but the wife is the neck that turns the head. So that, I don't know, that was so funny to me. And so um, when we get to the neck, it is what the head turns on and it does change decisions. So I'm using the neck there to, to pray over the decisions that our our children make. You know, Rachel, it was pretty risky for God in the garden of Eden to give us the gift of choice. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I 
I don't know about you, but I wish I didn't have choice that I would just do exactly what he wants me to do all the time. Um, But he has given us the gift of choice and it is a responsibility. And, and our children learn that very, very early about making right choices. They, they start out very small and, and seem insignificant um, as to what to wear today or what to eat for lunch. But you've got grown children. I've got a grown child. And we know as they get older, those decisions um, can change the course of their lives. So we want to pray for those decisions. I, I would insert here too, Sharon, that I think decision fatigue is a big thing for a lot oh. of kids because they're faced with so many choices that yes. they don't even know what to choose. And that's so, um, just being tired of having to choose the right thing. I think that's something that we can pray for that decision fatigue as you pray for the neck in those choices. That is so good, Rachel. I'm, I mean, do you remember when there was Colgate and Crest and you just yeah. pick one of the two yeah. and, and now you go in, there's you know 25 different brands of toothpaste and that's something that doesn't even matter. Um, so there is constant choosing, constant choosing. And um, it is a lot. So praying for that, that fatigue is excellent. That is excellent to bring up. Mm-hmm. And that takes us really down to the next one. And that is the shoulders, mm-hmm. which is the burdens and worries uh-huh. and, and see the decisions that we make. They could be just so heavy. And it's it's like it's a burden on us. What decision do we make? And children have so many burdens and worries these days. And yeah. it starts so young. I mean, the right. leading, leading cause, um, the second leading cause of death among teenagers and adolescents today is suicide. Mm-hmm. And there's so much anxiety yes. uh, among children and that burden to do I conform and, and all these choices that they're having to make, mm-hmm. even the choice of who they want to be. I right. mean, it's, it's just maddening. So we're going to pray for those shoulders, for those burdens and the worries that, that kids start out very, very early. I remember ta- I talking to my niece, four years old, and she got a guinea pig. And I said, well, I had a guinea pig when I was four years old. And all of a sudden her mind goes, well, what happened to him? Did he die? And, and do guinea pigs go to heaven? And I'm like, okay, let's call your mom now. And, um, but, you know, I was four years old and she's already worried. You know, right. so they worry very early. And we know, you know, as they get older, they're worrying about tests. They're worrying about grades. Do they fit in with their classmates? Are they too large? Are they too small? Um, the boys are worrying about <clears throat> whether or not, <clears throat> excuse me, the boys are worrying about, you know, if they're big enough and tough enough. The girls are worrying about whether the girls, if they fit in with the girls. And then it's the boyfriend, girlfriend thing. And now they're worrying about pandemics and viruses. And I mean, there's just so much. And so we need to be praying for those kids and mm-hmm. um, praying for the stress that they have and that they will learn how to give all their worries and burdens over to the yeah. Lord for, you know, we're praying first Peter five, seven, it says, give all your worries and cares to God because he cares for you. Mm-hmm. So we're not praying that they won't have burdens and burdens yeah. and worries. They're going to have them. We can't right. pray that they're not going to have them. We need to be praying that they will know what to do with them that's when good. they do have them. Yes. So that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much because, um, there are a lot of worries and cares on the shoulders of our children because they have so much information at their fingertips. Their knowledge is far beyond the scope of what I had at their age, the um, abilities that they have. 
say all the time, my kids are so smart. They're smarter than I am. Don't tell them that Um, (laughs) because they already think they know that. But it's true that burden can be just too early for them to bear. It's just too too early for them to bear such a burden. And Mm -hmm. so I think with my children, because they lost a sister early on in their lives, the element of, of grief and trauma is very real to them. And so it can be a tool that the enemy uses to take them down a path that I don't want them to go, that I where a place where I don't want them to dwell. So I love that point of the shoulders. So, so good. Yeah. And as, as moms and dads, I'm, I'm going to say, we need to be praying that for ourselves. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because we see what the culture is like and raising children in this culture can be very frightening. Mm-hmm. So we need to be praying for the burdens that we have for our children as well to give those to God. And it's when we have that burden to, to know what to, to do with it. And I love that scripture. Uh, that tells us that God is surrounding what is surrounding us. It doesn't say it that way. That's my interpretation. It's when, you know, Elijah was surrounded by enemies and he said, Lord, open the eyes of my servant so they can see in the spiritual realm. And then he saw to pull back that curtain between the physical and the spiritual. And he saw that he was, what was surrounding them were the enemy. What was surrounding the enemy were the warring angels. And I want to come back to that point when we get through um through these different landmarks and talk about spiritual warfare oh. a little bit. But um so then we're going from the shoulders down to the heart and that's who and what they love. Um we know that the heart is a wellspring of life and I think the heart and the mind are very connected. Uh, what you think about is what you become and who you love and what you love is also you know what you become. Very very connected. Then we're going to pray for their back. <clears throat> And that is for their spiritual and their physical protection. And let's, let's stop here and chat about that a little bit, Rachel, because, you know, we've talked about all the difficulties that our children face today. Um, but the truth is scripture tells us that we are not fighting a battle of flesh and blood, mm. that we are fighting a spiritual battle. Let me give you two, two great scriptures that I know you probably, um, know by heart talking about putting on the the armor of God. It says, pray in the spirit on all occasions, be alert, keep praying for all the saints. And it says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And this is in Ephesians 6. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of heavenly, of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. And then again, um, Paul writes in Corinthians and in second Corinthians, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have, here we go, divine power to demolish strongholds and divine power. That word is dunamis in the Greek. And that's where we get dynamite. And I think when we take nitrogen and glycerin prayer in the word of God, and you put those together, that is dynamite. Mm. And we can demolish those forces. So, yes, we see what our children are going through. We are praying for spiritual and physical protection from them. And we are praying in the spiritual realm because that is where the real war is. Yes. Yes, it's so true. Mm. So praying for the back. And then we are going to move down to their arms and pray for their strength. And 
the way I came up with this is because it's all through scripture, God's arm, the mighty arm of God yeah. always refers back mm-hmm. to his strength. Yeah. So we're going to be praying for our kids that they will become, um, become a conduit through which God's strength will flow, that they'll be strong in the Lord, that be strong to be able to stand up again all that the culture is throwing at them that is that is not of god so we're praying for their arms then their hands which is their gifts and their talents praying that they'll discover what those are those god-given gifts and talents and develop them and then the ring then the ring finger so right from from the beginning and from from beginning from that child is born we're going to be praying for their spouse and um, we're praying for their spouse that they'll make godly decisions, but we're also praying for that person we don't know yet. So, yes. and we can, as we're praying for our children, um, we're praying for other children too. And, you know, I want to say, Rachel, you know, I became a Christian through a praying mother, mm. but it was not my mother. Yeah. So my parents were not Christians. And there wow. was a woman down the street from me, the next block, one of my friend's moms, she prayed me into the kingdom of God when I was a teenager. So as we're praying, it's not just our kids, but it's the kids that come in contact with our children as well. So we need to be praying for them. And and that takes us actually down to the next, the next landmark, I call it. And that's the side, you know, who is walking beside our children, those influential um, relationships, their friendships, the um, the people who are in leadership around them. And we're praying for their teachers. We're praying for their coaches. Right. But we're specifically here um, praying for their friends that they have. And scripture tells us bad company corrupts good character. So we mm-hmm. want to make be praying that they have good friends. But I also want to encourage you here as well. I mean, this is kind of a conundrum here because I was not a godly girl. And yet I was in the life of a godly girl and that mom ended up leading me to the Lord. So it's not that we're praying for total protection that they won't have Christian right, friends, right. but but we're praying for the people who influence them right. and um, praying that they they will have like Shadrach, Meshach mm-hmm. and Abednego. They will have some people to stand with um, in the faith here. Um, and we need to choose have that they, their closest friends will be uh, people that will build up their character and help them make good choices. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there. Take a breath. It's it's a lot, isn't it? I Well, um, I just love it because it's so easy to remember, even if you're sitting in the car line praying for your kids, you you can just run through your body parts because it's a part of you. And so even if you get something a little different than what's in the book, I think the more times you spend that 30-day pattern of walking through the book, the more this will sink into your soul and become such a reflex. So I'm just soaking it all up. And I know our listeners are too. I would love for you to continue. Okay. Well, we've gotten down to sexuality. So that was kind of a good place to take a breath before we hit sexuality, right? But we, when we're praying for sexuality, we are praying for sexual purity and identity. Um, we're praying that they will embrace the the gender that God created them. Mm-hmm. And um, boy, I, I never thought that would be something that that we would be praying. But 
when I go and talk to moms before I wrote the book, you know, what are some things that you're really struggling with? What are burdens on your heart? Um, this was one of them. So I, I can't a- ignore that. Um, it, it is a struggle for a, a concern, you know, for a lot of Christian parents. So we're going to go there. We're going to go yeah. there and we're going to be praying and, for. And if the enemy can get you to, I mean, that's at the very core of who God created you to be. So if he can get you there, then that's at the beginning, a root of who you are as a person and who God wants to, how he wants to work in your life and how he wants to move in your life. So it's an attack on the root of how God created us and who he has called us to be in him. Um, it's just such, to me, it's such a, a personal attack from the enemy on each individual person mm-hmm. and how unique it is that he it's, it's such a specific attack. It's not this broad spectrum sort of issue, but it's really individual how people are feeling individually as they walk out their identity and who they believe they are. So without Jesus and without a firm understanding of, of Genesis one and who God created them to be, it is a struggle in the face of everything that's being thrown at them in, in regards to this issue. At a very, very early age, yeah. another one of a different one of my niece's daughters, Um, again, another four year old, you know, was asked a question about that the other day. And I'm like, how did you even hear that to ask the question? So, uh, you know, yeah. it's coming, coming very early. So we need to be praying about that, you know, as as well. And then we move down to the legs and this is that stand for the truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it takes courage to stand on the truth. And that is what we need to be praying for our kids too. Yeah. They'll have the, the courage. If the whole crowd is running toward the cliff, have the courage to turn around and go the other yeah. way if they are the only one. But all through scripture, it talks about the standing on the truth and standing on the truth. And so that's what we are praying for when we're talking about the legs. Um, and one of the quotes is, if they do not stand on the truth, the world becomes a confusing place. The undertow of uncertainty can pull them out to sea with the riptide of questions and the shifting tides of change. Because we've seen in our lifetime, Rachel, and my lifetime's a little longer than your lifetime, mm-hmm. but that what was wrong yesterday is now right today. Oh. And so we have to think how how can right and wrong change? How can it be right or wrong? And what is truth? If truth can change, then it's not truth. So we have to be praying that they will be able to stand on the truth that doesn't change because of the vote of Congress or because of someone's decision. But truth is what God says from the very beginning. So we're praying for them to have the courage to stand on that. And then we're praying, going further down, we're praying for their knees. And it's all tied together, you see. We're praying for that stand on the truth. And then their knees is their relationship with God. As they humble themselves um, before God, we're, we're praying. We're praying that they'll accept Christ at a young age. That might not happen. But listen, if you're praying for something and you don't see it happening, I want you to know that God is working behind the scenes at all times. I also want you to know that as we pray for our children, we are not praying. And this is hard. We're not praying that they will not struggle. Because Rachel, you think about it. When have you had times in your life that you have grown the most spiritually? Yeah. yeah. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's struggle. You know, right. when I've gone through struggles is when I've 
grown the most and matured the most in the Lord. So as we're praying for him, if you see your child struggle, don't think God isn't listening. You don't want your child to have a a life of comfort and ease. Adam and Eve have a life of comfort and ease in the garden. And look what happened. Jesus (laughs) had a struggle in the wilderness, and yet he won the victory. So struggle is just a part of growing up, and it's a part of the maturing process. So if they're struggling, don't think that God's not answering your prayers. Mm-hmm. God is always working behind the scenes, working in your meanwhile to make your pain worthwhile is what I often say. So as we are praying um, for their needs, praying for their relationship with God, just know in this area, in all those areas that we're praying for, there will be struggle. And it's part of God's process of allowing um, the certain things to happen because of their decisions sometimes, um, but it'll help grow them up, make them strong, make them tough. Yeah. And sifting that character. Mm-hmm. Yep. And growing it and growing it. Um, then we get down to the very last one and that's the feet. And that's the path that they take the, the final landmark as you're praying for your child. And um, we see that path, you know, starts early as they go into kindergarten, go into preschool room and, and Rachel and I have both experienced it is that that path leads them off to college and into adulthood. So, you know, I don't stop praying these prayers just because my child's an adult now. So we continue to pray for the feet and pray for the path that they take. I love that one, especially because, um, as you know, I just dropped off our son, mine and Matt's son at the University of Cincinnati. And there's <laughs> there's a church literally right around the corner. And so, um, I am, I said, Hey, did you know, um, where this church is located? It's within walking distance. You wouldn't (laughs) even have to drive. And so I feel like, um, the Lord is leading me in that last portion to pray for his feet, to walk that path for him to choose that path to that church because it's close. And I think we can be even more specific when we pray about the feet and the places they're going. It can remind us of those places. And so I, I love that reference. You stressed that prayer is not a means of gaining control over our children. And so I would love for you to explain to us really what you mean by that, because honestly, I I would like to sort of let the prayer guide them in the way that I want them to go instead of the way that God wants them to go. It's easy for me to think that mama knows best, right? <laughs> and so I would love for you to explain what you mean by that statement. Yeah. Um, so we need to finish the rest of that sentence. Do you have it right in front of you? I do. Okay, says, read that. I read that. Okay. It says, you stress that prayer is not a means of gaining control over our children. Instead, what is the purpose of prayer for them? What is okay. the purpose of prayer? Okay. Um, the purpose of prayer is for them to become who God wants them to be. It's it's us releasing control. We are not making a mini me. Mm-hmm. We're not making someone into the, to our the image we want them to be but we are releasing control for them to be made into the the person that God wants them to be. And that can be hard because like you said, we think mama knows best and guess what? She doesn't. It says (laughs) that God is the, God is the potter and we are the clay and man, don't you want to get your hands on that clay and just shape them and make them into who you want them to be and how you think they'll have the best life. But God says, nope, You're not the potter, you're the mama, and I've given you a very short window of time to affect this eternal soul, 
but I'm ultimately the potter and we need to release that child and let God take control of that. And that's the beauty of it is that, you know, we are not responsible for our adult children's choices. Can I say that again? We are not responsible for our adult children's choices. Um, our responsibility comes in nurturing them, praying for them, um, being the best mama that we can for the short time that we have them. But then we let them go. And it's God. You know, we're giving that to God now. And we're releasing that. We talked about burdens. We're releasing that burden to God. Yes, we still pray. I remember, Rachel, when um Stephen was 18, I, I believe, and we had gone to I live in North Carolina. And we have seven lighthouses that are on our coast and we were going to see the different lighthouses. And there was one that we went to when Stephen was down below and I got in the lighthouse and I started walking up and in a lighthouse, there are windows that go up. And as I would go up that spiral staircase and I'd look out a window, I'd see a view. Then I'd go up a little further. It's the same view, view, but I'm seeing it differently. I'm Mm -hmm. seeing more go up again. I'm seeing more ocean, more expanse. And then I got to the top and I saw that horizon. I could see so far around. And I looked down and saw Stephen, who was just a little dot on the ground. But that's like motherhood. And we were going up the spiral staircase in the lighthouse. We're looking out at the horizon where they're eventually going to go. And we, we just see different aspects of what their life can be. It gets bigger and bigger and broader and broader. And eventually we're at the top and they're going off to college, going off to adulthood and going off like that ship into the sea off the horizon. And it changes with each season um, that we go through. But, you know, one good thing about a lighthouse is it shines a light for the boats to come back in to shore. They come back home, not to live, but they come back home. And we're still there standing like that lighthouse a light during the night and a landmark um, during the day so that they can come back home and know that it's a safe place. And what a journey, what uh, a journey it is for us. Um, I, I to be, able to be love, a parent. Yeah. I love that picture. It's so easy to relate to as a parent, the lighthouse picture and how those little glimpses, I, I think often in four year increments in my parenting, because Everyone tells you in those first four years, you're constantly told, oh, it goes quickly. Oh, it goes quickly. Embrace the <laughs> moments. Enjoy it. And you're just flying by the seat of your pants a lot of the time with the whole regimen of all the physical care that goes into caring for small children and, and infants. And then you land in that kindergarten spot. And I think you go through elementary and middle school type years with all the different phases and issues, but then there's another four-year increment of high school. And that four-year increment, I always think to myself, mercy, I wish the four years of high school went as slowly as those first four years of parenting because it flies by so quickly and you think it's the same amount of time. How does one go so much faster than the other? And then there's the next four years typically of college um, or more maybe, but sort of a next little increment. And I really love this tool that you have given us that you, this praying for your children from head to toe, because I feel like no matter the age or stage, you can use this as a guide 
whether they're in preschool, whether they're in elementary school, whether they're a brand new seventh grader or headed off to college for the first time, or this is their senior year, or their adult children who, like for me, living next door, I can still pray through this as a guide. And I just really appreciate this resource. Sharon, is there anything that you would like to close with as we close our time together for our listeners that would really help them and encourage them. I love this one statement. Neither you or I will ever be perfect parents, but we can be praying parents to a perfect God. And so maybe just a little bit of encouragement in this area that if you haven't been praying for your child, like you know you should. And I'll be honest, this summer got a little away from me in the prayer department. I just did a re- major reset last week and said, okay, back to prayer journaling, back to um, a more consistent prayer time. And it's not that I haven't prayed throughout the day, but what would you say to the parent who has struggled with maybe a, a perfect parenting life <laughs> or perfect praying life as a parent? Oh, listen, um, I, there is no, uh, is no perfect parent. And, and please don't get discouraged if you feel like you have just not been doing it well. Uh, and I always joke with people. I said, the only perfect parent was God and look how his kids turned out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't, don't let that get you discouraged. And as you were talking about the, about how it flies at the end and it's hard at the beginning, and you've probably heard this all your life, but when you're raising young children um, and you're, and it moves into older, the, the days are long, but the years are short yes. and it does tend to fly quickly at the end. You know, I, this might seem like an odd answer to your question, but it's what popped in my head um, when Stephen was about four and a half and we were taking the training wheels off of his bicycle and he already, we had raised them up. So they weren't touching anyway. So we took them off and <clears throat> I tried to teach him how to, to ride without the training wheels. I'd hold the back, then I'd let go. And then he'd fall and he'd fall and he'd fall. And as soon as he saw, I wasn't holding on. And I said, now, Stephen, don't give up because this is going to be the funnest thing you do as a kid. So after about the 10th fall, he threw the bicycle down. He put his hands on his hips and he said, this is not fun and it will never be fun. And he went into the house. And then the next day he got his little, he still had his jammies on, went outside, got on his bicycle and rode it. He just did it. And I just laughed and laughed. And I thought, you know, motherhood is like that. There are some days where you think, you know, everybody talks about how wonderful this is. Well, this is not fun and it will never be fun. You know, we have days like that. And that's even when they're teenagers. But I can assure you, when you get back up on that mama cycle, even on those days that you're going to feel like you want to quit and it's not fun and never be fun, you will look back on these days. I promise you will look back and think, that is the most fun I ever had was Aww. raising those kids. I love that. I love that so much, Sharon. Thank you for that encouragement to pray, to be faithful in prayer, and just to embrace all that God has for us as praying parents. 
I wonder if you would just close us out with a prayer. And then before we close out with a prayer, I would love for you to, I want to make sure everybody sees, um, (laughs) but for those who are listening to the podcast, this is Praying for Your Children from Head to Toe, a 30-day guide to powerful and effective scripture-based prayers, a beautiful book by my friend, Sharon James. Sharon, how can everyone reach you? What are the best ways for them to come and connect with you? My website is SharonJanes.com and um, my last name's kind of strange. So it's J-A-Y-N as in Nancy E-S. So SharonJanes.com. Um, you can find out about more about the book there. Um, it's, it's sold anywhere where you, Amazon, CBD, Books a Million, anywhere. Um, And I have lots of free resources that are on my website. So I'd love for you to go there and just look around. One of them actually is, uh, since we're talking about back to school, back to prayers, what I've been thinking all all month, um, there is a resource called Praying for Your Child's Teacher from Head to Toe. So if you go to free resources, it's the very first one. You can click on that and it's a free download. So I invite you to, to get that for yourself. Yes, I will include all of these links that you have mentioned in the show notes, as well as a link to directly purchase the book so that I know people are going to want to go dash off and get those resources, both the free ones as well as the beautiful book. And now would you close us in prayer? Absolutely. Lord, we thank you so much for... Um, this day that we can come and just talk about prayer and talk about praying for our children. We thank you that you have put children in our lives to pray for, um, whether it's our own children, whether it's the child down the street, whether it's the child we teach, if we're grandmothers or aunties or cousins, that we, we just have so many children in our lives that need you and need prayer. And we thank you that you have brought them into our lives. Lord, we pray specifically for their their spiritual protection in this world that we live in right now, that you will surround. We thank you that you are surrounding um, what is surrounding them. We pray for protection from what the culture wants to throw at them. Um, we pray for their minds and what they think about and and what enters their mind through their eyes and their ears and then what they, they repeat with the words that they speak. Lord, we pray all the way down to their feet and the path that they take that you will help us to to be good guides for those children when they're little, and then that we'll be good prayer partners pointing the way um, as they grow older. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you, Rachel. God bless. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Untangling Life podcast with Rachel Wojo. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to subscribe. For show notes and free resources, visit rachelwojo.com. See you again soon. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. 
You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.